Okay, I'm here at the ArcFest, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? I'm James Kane, and I produce The Hidden Park. Uh, it's an iPhone game uh, that's somewhere between alternative reality gaming and geocaching, uh, with a little bit of augmented reality in there as well. Okay, and what's the game exactly about? Yeah, sure. So it's for kids, it's for children, and uh, basically when they first arrive at a park, they get a phone call, uh, and they're told that in order to save the park from destruction by property developers, they have to find magical creatures living in the park. And the way they find magical creatures is they follow a map, uh, which is GPS enabled, so they can watch themselves as they cross the map. It's a little bit like a live board game. And uh, when they reach certain points, they have to take photos of specific objects, and we have animated creatures coming out of the objects. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and, and we also have uh, different uh, locations where the children have to get into the photo themselves, and then we overlay digital images of dragons and different things into the photos. So in that case, a parent would take a photo of them? That's right. It's something for parents, like a guardian and a child, to do. So it's, okay. it's a two-player game, and it's really for kids who are like... Uh, my nephew was three, and he really enjoyed it, but uh, we were surprised by that. We, we, our kind of core was four to, four to nine, ten... Um, but we've also had older people enjoying it just because they like, like older kids enjoying it just because they're like following themselves on the map. Even though they find the narrative a little bit childish, they find the overall concept is something that they enjoy. And can you talk about, you're saying that people can snap photos and then the image will also appear. Yeah. Like, not even just them in the image, but like the dragon. So they have to snap actually a certain location in the park and then like a dragon will appear in that photo. That's right, yeah. So what we did, I mean, they're animated pictures, uh, so, so they're, they're quite cartoonish, so we're not trying to make them look super real, it's really for kids, yeah. Um, but we put a little drop shadow on it, so that it sort of blends into the photo, it's a kind of translucent uh, drop shadow, which kind of anchors the dragon, and because we have the guardian taking those photos, we encourage them to move the, the dragon around to a suitable place in the photo, so it sort of looks like it fits in, and then they can show the kid, and the kid can see themselves with the dragon. Yeah. And um, for GPS, I thought GPS was not enabled in the Apple SDK, or is it now? No, 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 no yeah, yeah, it's enabled, and um, we've yeah we've used it in all sorts of ways. And there's a point in the game where we also use it to uh, direct a radar. I mean, now with the 3GS, we can just use the compass. But when we were when we were developing this, we had no digital compass, and so in order to get the radar to work, we plot the the path of the player, and we can therefore tell what trajectory they're on, and therefore we can say which direction they need to go in. So um, no, we, you can use the GPS for quite a few different things yeah. so as you're developing this how did the user testing go and what were some of the things you had to change to make it more fun or more compelling more fun or more compelling we didn't have a problem with the fun or compelling because the, the technology was so new and both elements of that of the technology were so new the GPS element was um, something that people immediately engaged with and the augmented reality in the sense that you know augmenting these photos and annotating these photos so no we didn't have a problem with that what we had a problem with was how do we explain how to use this game because it's such a new form of gaming so how do we explain it without in a lightweight way so how do we make it sort of like a frictionless explanation of how you're supposed to enjoy and experience this game and that was something that we did a lot of workshopping on like um, how, uh, you know we don't want to explain every single little bit but at the same time we don't want people who are lost and we also were acutely aware that um, that, that we wanted to have an audience using this game that weren't necessarily massively technically savvy the, the people who could just you know yeah, um, come in and, and use it um, 
So that was probably our biggest challenge. It was just working out what our what the level of competence of our users was going to be, and, and and then in the end we had, we actually ended up stripping back a lot of the the explanations that we were planning on doing, and uh, we just have an info page. So if ever you're lost, you just hit the information button. And the pictures that people take can are they saved, and then they can yeah. view them in a photo album? Oh, yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, that's that's probably the best feedback so far that we've got is the fact that you go to the park, you have this experience for an hour, and then at the end of it, it's all saved to your camera roll, and you can go home and print it out or send it to friends. Or we've had people publishing the photos on our website. Um, yeah, how popular is that picture thing? That would I, that would seem really popular with kids. It's yeah, no, they love the pictures. What we do as well is we you take a photo of the ground and um, it, we animate the ground opening up and then something oh, okay. coming out, awesome. and that's been hugely popular with kids. In fact, they just, apparently, we've had stories and emails about kids on the way home in the car who just keep on making the things pop out of the back of the seat, and then they make it pop out of the, you know. So, yeah, even for kids, I think they just enjoy it, even when they break out of the narrative. I think they just like watching things come out, and they just like cartoons. And it's just, it's, it's um, in the end, this is an animation that instead of you watching on the couch, you watch it in a park. It, it does sound bizarre, but sort of in the context of the game, it makes sense and it works. Now, what about the family components so you t it's kind of like almost where you need the kid actually needs a parent to be there yes um, and how does that work out and have you tried to strengthen that interaction so it's like a multiplayer interaction between the, the parent and the child yeah. no it's sort of implicit in the game okay. yeah um, it's yeah I mean it's not like they would have to problem solve together uh, yeah. just sort of working through the game is going to take conversation and you know they're going to okay well this is what we do next and okay we have to walk this way and um, following the map is actually, it's a weird thing but it's quite a challenging part of the game Like you, you, even though you have this um, this annotated uh, this, this sort of figurine that follows across the map, you think it should be quite easy but it's actually, people often take the wrong path and then they notice they're on the wrong path and they have to go back and the kid will notice before the mum and he'll say you know you go back and whatever um, so yeah most of the interaction occurs outside of the game it doesn't occur in game um, but we like once we started watching, like once we saw the how popular the Wii was and how popular family gaming was becoming, we, we felt much more confident about the concept. Yeah. And um, what's next in store? Because you know sometimes parents can go to the park. Are you going to design something for people's homes or some experience like that? No. What we're going to do next is try a different demographic. So we're going to be slightly bolder in one way uh, because we're going to take on a more traditional gamers demographic, the sort of eighteen to 35 male, um, you know, that is, has been the core of gaming. Um, yeah, so that's that's what we're going to do next. It's probably more challenging, they're more demanding, they're a lot more critical, um, and so we're working on that at the moment, and it's going to be... Um, it's going to be much bigger, much more sprawling, but we also basically the same concept, where it's a closed game, it's a closed system, it's a lot like an ARG, but it's not like a traditional ARG, uh, and it's scalable and can be played in multiple locations. Yeah. yeah, and are you interested in more the alternate reality part or the augmented reality part? I mean, where do you see the potential for the gaming to really, in the augmented or the alternate reality? Uh, it depends on how you define alternate reality gaming, because if you have a very narrow definition of it, then what we're doing right now doesn't fit that. Um, so, but and, and 
so I can't really answer that question. I mean, that's the, you know that's my answer. I, we we feel like what we've done is a form of ultimate reality gaming. So if you accept that, then <laughs> we definitely see a future in that. With augmented reality, I think there's massive potential in augmented reality for gaming, particularly for mobile gaming and, and on mobile devices. But we need more processing power. We need. A, a, a yeah, have, you, have you seen those browsers that have come out recently? I guess which will kind of pop up a location information as you kind of just flash some video or something yeah. like that. So I wasn't sure if uh, you're going to do any kind of gaming related to that? Oh, definitely. At the moment, Apple doesn't, in the SDK, won't give us access to the live, yeah, the video. So once that happens, we'll um, be able to do much cooler stuff and with more confidence. Um, but that's really just the beginning. I mean, it's going to be shape recognition and live mapping. That's, I think, that's the kind of processing that we're after. And shape recognition is technically achievable through workarounds. You don't necessarily need to do all the processing on the device itself. Um, but yeah, it's when you get that live mapping that things are going to get really interesting. And um, in terms of business models, do you have like a free version and then a paid version, or is it just purely? No, we just have a paid version. I mean, we've got this thing called Fairies Everywhere, which is like just an example of the augmented reality, you know, yeah, sort of the augmented reality. It's just a fun, free game that we handed out, um, and it was a bit of a tester for us. But no, we don't, because if you're going to play the hidden park, you have to make the commitment to go to the park. Okay. And once you've made that commitment, you know, you can't really do a free and then an upgrade. You know, it doesn't really work like that. It's, um, you do have to, uh, you know, trust us. And so far, we have had zero negative feedback. No one's arrived at the park and then written us an email saying it was a completely disaster. Everyone who's arrived at the park has sent us incredibly positive reviews. And we've, um, you know, like I was saying, people are sending us photos and, uh, you know... Really now, is yours tied to a specific park, or can it be any park? Or? So at the beginning, we had nine parks around the world. Um, then we've just been going out and asking people to build parks themselves, which means they send in GPS locations and pictures, and we just upload that. Now, coming out in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have um, a park builder, which means you can, as a parent, you can go to your local park, build the game, um, set it up in the park, basically. We've got sets of instructions. It'll be incredibly simple to do for a parent. You don't have to be technologically savvy at all. Um, and then, once you've built that park, we can then share that information with all the other users around the world. So hopefully we're um, going to build up very quickly a library of parks, uh, that um, yeah, a large library of parks, and then when you start the iPhone app, it'll just tell you what the closest parks are to you at the time. Yeah. Um, you know, since it seems like you've got that beachhead and parents and kids, is there any reason why you're going to move away from them and go to 18 to 34? Is it more exciting? Yeah, more challenging. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a bigger challenge. We have another couple of games that we're planning for um, the kids' market as well, um, and they're also park-based. We just... Um, I mean, that's a really good question. <laughs> I mean, it seems like you guys have that... You know, people are totally into this game, so it's... And no, 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 it's, it's a really, really fair question. We feel like at the moment, I mean, I guess one of the reasons is that, um, you know, with that kids' market, this is kind of enough at the moment. <laughs> you know, like, you can get them going to the park and doing this, and you can get them going to the park and, um, you know, doing another game. Do you know what I mean? That's, I guess, that, yeah, if they did it once, they, they might want to do a, a different game. That's true. Um, but we've also 
had people who've gone to the park, played the hidden park, and then gone back the same the next weekend and played the exact same game. Yeah. So that was my other question: is does replayability stop after you do it, or do you have to? Well, not with four-year-olds. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> um, probably with nine-year-olds, but no, four-year-olds they'll just do it again and again and again uh, until you drive you mental. And in New York, we're about to launch Prospect Park in Brooklyn, for instance, and the High Line, which is in um, the, the sort of Chelsea area. And I suspect that there's going to be a lot of parents who'll do the Central Park version, yeah. and then they'll go to the Prospect Park version, and it will feel like a different game, yeah, even though it's basically the same assets. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, any last words then for any other indie game developers who are developing their own iPhone game or want to get into augmented reality gaming? Oh, send us an email. Let's start a conversation because there are so many ideas. There's so much landscape out there to fill, and um, you know, uh, I just encourage everyone to get into it. And where can I find out more about Hidden Park? Uh, the the hiddenpark.com. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much. Oh, not at all.